Morning. Open your Bibles with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We've been walking through this. We've seen Jesus give us a model of how we should pray. And so very much this prayer is a model prayer for believers. Uh, it's for those who can legitimately, genuinely call God their father. And he has been teaching us all through this uh, some lessons. And today we come to this, this line, this one verse. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness is quite possibly the greatest need in the world today. Forgiveness of sinners by the Father through Jesus Christ in a vertical sense. And in a horizontal sense, forgiveness that we are to extend to one another. I have both witnessed and experienced the bitterness of unforgiveness. I've experienced it in my own life for years. Bitterness, hatred even at times. For people who had hurt me in some way. That bitterness, by the way, showed itself in many ways. As a pastor, I have witnessed unforgiveness. And the bitterness of it. I've witnessed the self-absorption of unforgiveness. And how the self-absorbed will not give it. I've seen it tear individuals to pieces. Homes in shreds. Because forgiveness would not be extended. I've seen the bitterness of unforgiveness put on display the lack of God's forgiveness in a person's life. Jesus is saying the very same thing in verse 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Very much what he's saying there is if you're forgiven, I'm forgiven by the way, I love that I can say that. I love that Jesus has forgiven me. And those who forgive, guess what they do as a practice of their life? They forgive. Forgive others. 
And so I, I want us to think about that today. I want us to talk about that today. When we look at this, I, I want us to know there are two things that come out of this. My one point, it was a two-point sermon, okay, and I changed it to one. It's one-point sermon today. You're welcome. There's only six points under that one. Next week, I'm going to do the second point. The first point is this. Daily need, our daily need to seek forgiveness. Our daily need to seek forgiveness. Forgive us our debts. Next week, it'll be this. Our daily need to extend forgiveness. That's the two points of verse 12. And so today, I want to talk about our daily need to seek forgiveness. Let me read the whole sentence, if I can. Give us this day our daily bread. Talked about that last week. We need bread every day. We need food, nourishment, every day. And we recognize that that comes from our Father. Well, I went to the grocery store and got it. How do you think it got there? How do you think you had money in order to go to the grocery store and buy that food? Everything you have, you have from the Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. We rely on Him. But let's finish it. Give us this day our daily bread and when you see the and, what you're going to see is you're going to see a conjunction that is connecting the next statement with the previous statement. So we need to understand this. Give us and forgive us our debts. How often? Daily. Every day. Just like we need daily nourishment, we need daily Forgiveness. We need to ask God every day, forgive me of my debts. Excuse me. So forgive us our debts. What's a debt? There's three words that are used to translate this one word. Uh, one is debts. Another is trespass. I think Luke uses the word sin. It's translated most often. So those three words are often translated, depending on the translation, of this one Greek word. What are debts? Well, you know, trespass is this word that speaks of crossing a line. Okay? We cross a line. See a sign that says, keep off the grass. Someone steps onto the grass. What have they done? They have transgressed or they have trespassed. They've crossed the line. Sin is a word that in a very broad sense, means to miss the mark. It's 
not talking about a line, but a target. And we miss the mark often, don't we? Debts, on the other hand, is speaking of something that is owed. Why is it owed? Because we've trespassed and we've missed the mark. And so there is a redemption price to be paid, and that price was paid by who? Jesus. Isn't that great? The word debts covers them all, by the way. Because we've trespassed, we owe. Because we have missed the mark, we owe. And so there is a debt. Uh, it's speaking, it, it, it speaks of something to be owed. The debt we owe, by the way, we are powerless to pay. I mean, we can't pay it. We cannot pay the price. Who do we owe? The Father. Why, why do we owe Him? Our sin has offended Him. We have disobeyed Him. But I'm saved. Anybody else can say that today? Yes? Yeah? I'm saved? Yeah, hey, I'm saved. But I've been justified. Me too. As a matter of fact, the instruction that Jesus is giving is for anyone who has been justified. It's a prayer for the justified to pray. I want us to see that. So we're not talking about justification here. I've been justified. Well, it's important to notice the audience of the prayer. Our Father. Not our judge. When you think justification, you think of a judge, don't you? He justifies us. That's not what's going on in this prayer. God certainly is our judge. And through the blood of Jesus, we have been justified. What does that mean? Uh, it means that there has been a Judicial declaration of righteousness on the basis of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a judicial declaration. You are righteous. Oh, not on your own merit. Because of my son, you are righteous. That's the ju judicial declaration of justification. And we are justified by faith. We believe God. We believe the one who sent him. And we believe the one who was sent. And so we're justified, but we see in this that he is the judge. But Jesus is pointing to a different relationship. Not as our to our judge, but to our Father. He's pointing to our relationship with God as Father, not only as judge. If you're relating to God only as judge, your relationship is probably pretty stale. Ever been in a courtroom? Judge comes out in this old robe. 
he can object to you speaking? I mean, that's a pretty stale relationship. How would you like, uh, uh, you know, hey, judge, forgive us our debts. Well, come on to the courtroom. Get down there. What'd you do? Okay. That's it. But we're looking at a relationship of a father to a son or a father to a daughter. Right? That's what we're seeing here in this text. As father, I mean, we all, I was a father. I am a father. It just aren't in my house anymore. Look at it as past tense. Didn't mean to do that. Still a dad. I had a father. And I have a father, a heavenly father. We have these relationships. And we want something. There was something that as a son, I wanted more than anything in relation to my father. I'm going to venture out and say you did too. I wanted him to be pleased with me. Anybody else had that desire? I wanted him to be pleased with me. There's something about pleasing the Father. We have the instructions of what pleases him. By the way, fathers, just a side note. Your kids want you to be pleased with them. By all means, give them the expectations that would be pleasing to you. Don't let them guess. Don't let them guess. Okay, that's my sidebar. Father, forgive, not judge. He's already done that. Father, forgive us today. Today. As Father, we're concerned with pleasing or not pleasing our Heavenly Father. That's what we're concerned with. We're concerned with pleasing or not pleasing Him. God wants to be pleased with us. Don't know that? He does. He wants to be pleased with you. He wants everything that you do to please Him. He's given us the, everything we need to accomplish that. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he's talking about uh, Israel and how they were idolatrous back in the wilderness. And on their journey from Egypt into the promised land, he was eager for them to go there and to be in that place. And Paul is saying, don't be like them. 
Why not? And he's giving this illustration of how our fathers passed it. We're under the cloud. They passed through the sea, all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Christ. Nevertheless, most of them, God was not, with most of them, God was not pleased. How do we know? They were overthrown in the wilderness. God wants to be pleased with us. It should be the aim of our hearts to be pleasing to Him. God said of Jesus, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Y'all remember that? Baptized. My son, I'm pleased with him. Listen to him, he said at one point. Then God, inspired, inspiring, using the Spirit to inspire Paul, wrote that God is conforming us to the image of his son, the son with whom he is well pleased. So we could say that he is conforming us to one with whom he is well pleased. He longs and wants to be pleased with us. Not merely because we have the blood of Jesus, but because our will and our desire is to please him and to become like his son. You see it? We want to be pleasing to God. God wants us to be pleasing to Him. He wants to be pleased with us. This prayer implies that we need Him every day for that purpose. And we need Him every day because we don't always meet that aim and that goal. So forgive us. So God wants to be pleased with us. Listen to this. God wants us to want to be pleasing to him. Kind of covered that in that point, but I'm going to cover it over more. He wants us to want to be pleasing to Him. Not in a passive way, but in an intentional way. This text, he says, forgive us our debts. Forgive us when we don't please you. That's what's at the heart of this little phrase right here. The psalmist writes in Psalm 104, 34, listen to this, may my meditation be pleasing to Him for I rejoice in the Lord. Y'all hear that? Did you hear the longing of the psalmist's heart? 
I, I want to be pleasing to him. I want my meditation. I want my time with him. I want the thinking of my mind to be pleasing to him. He wants us to want that. He wants us to want this relationship. I mean, we're, we're calling him Father. We have this desire, this want, even this need to rejoice in him. Jesus, this one whom God is well pleased with and who we are being conformed to his image, said this in John 8, 29, And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. He didn't say, go figure it out. He said, I'm going to be with you. I'm, I'm always with you. And Jesus says, I'm always with you. Jesus' aim was to be pleasing to him. Our aim is to be pleasing to him. He wants us to want that. Writer of Hebrews brings out this truth. Verse 11, chapter 11, verse 6, he says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. How do you practice your faith? How do you live out your faith? First of all, you walk in obedience. But one way is that we pray, don't we? We seek Him in prayer. We believe that He hears us. I will often pray that. God, we thank You that You hear us. You ever thank Him just that He hears you? Not necessarily that He does what we ask, but simply that He hears you. I mean, what is it about you that has earned you an audience with God that He would even hear you? Nothing. But he does. He hears us. He hears us cry out to him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we have to believe him. And so what do we do? We pray. Forgive us our debts. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now I wanted to walk all through that for a moment just for us to understand that we have to read this not merely as people who need the gospel, but I, I do believe there are people in here today who need to hear that gospel. And that is, is that we're all 
wretchedly sinful. I'm talking about believers who have been justified by God through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is pointing out that as believers, we have a daily need to come and seek the forgiveness of a father. How much more to those who have not trusted in him need a savior? And he is Jesus. He is indeed the son of God, the only son of God. And I'm thankful he came to save the ungodly. Maybe I'll write a book one day and have it published posthumously. Call it the ramblings of the ungodly. An autobiography of my ungodliness. And then make sure to include the Savior, Jesus, saved me regardless. Perhaps you're in here, you're that person. Maybe you think, yeah, you don't know my sin, it's way too much. There's nothing that's too much for Jesus. He can and he will save you. Any who come to him and call on the name of the Lord, he says, I'm not casting you out. I'm bringing you in. So that you'll seek to be pleasing to my father. So when I deliver the kingdom one day, My father will be well pleased. That requires faith and repentance. You to believe and to turn from sin and turn to Jesus and his righteousness. And he will save you. But for us believers, what we see is we see a need to come every day. As those who are unbelievers, if you come to the Father and you don't come to the Father through Jesus, you should be terribly afraid. Because you're not coming to the Father, you're coming to a judge. And apart from faith in Jesus Christ and repentance toward Him, the judge will declare you what you already are, guilty, And you'll be cast into the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But when we come to God, we don't come to Him as judge. We come to Him as Father. And He doesn't want us to be afraid of Him. He doesn't want us to think that He's going to bring Wrath down on us. Or be disowned. Because we were not pleasing to him. But instead we come. Forgive us. Our debts. Can, can I mention something? Just being 
persnickety for a moment? Look it up, okay? Persnickety, spelled like it sounds. Did you notice that we're not just bringing a debt to him? We're not just bringing this one little piddly thing. We don't, we don't have this small thing we owe daily. But your daily debts, all of them every day. We make so little of sin, and God makes so much of it. Matthew chapter 18, we see a parable that Jesus says. Peter came up and said, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother who sins against me? And he said, seven times? No, 70 times seven. He said, let me tell you a story. And he said that there was this master of the kingdom of heaven, verse 23 of chapter 18, if you want to turn there. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not repay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Verse 27, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. I'm going to stop the story right there. Forgave him the debt. You see in the debt as a whole, but we need to understand the indebtedness that this guy had. Notice that he owed 10,000 talents. That is 20 years wages for a laborer. That is 200,000 years Worth of salary for a laborer. Gina was going over this text the other day and pointed that out. 200,000 years? Is that right? That's a drop in the bucket. As to what we owe. And every day when we come to him. Do you know what he says? I forgive you. I forgive your debts. I forgive your lying. I forgive your stealing. I forgive your foul language. I forgive those evil. Lustful. Thoughts. I forgive you. And I love you. 
I'm so glad you came. Do you ever think God our Father has gladness in his heart because you came today to forgive me? Fathers, you're here today. Do you ever have gladness in your heart? Because your kids just call up and say, hey. Or because they come over. They're relating to you. Our Father has that longing for us to be with Him and to come to Him. Say, Dad, I, I didn't please you today. Father, I didn't please you today. I know it. I see it. I knew it when I did it. I knew it when I said it. I knew it when I thought it. Come here, son. Come here, daughter. I forgive you. And I love you. And I'm so glad you're here. This is what Jesus is showing us in this prayer. That we have a Father who knows us and loves us and longs to embrace us and to daily forgive us when we fail Him. Just one question today. Are you laying everything at the feet of the Father? Not holding back anything. There's some, there's some sins we, we don't want to talk to the Father about. We want to hold, hold some of these back. We won't talk to the Father about this one. It, it, just a little hint. He knows. He already knows. Walked into the house one day. My sons were young, still in school. I think Stephen at the time was in fifth grade. Okay, I already threw him under the bus and told you which one it was. Those who know Stephen are going to identify with what he's, what's going on here. I walk in. I don't know. You know, I just walk in and said, hey, Stephen, how was your day today? Boom! Burst into tears. What? I got sent out of class today. I want you to know that I did not know. But I think at some point I had convinced my sons that I was omniscient. He thought I knew. He thought that's why I was asking. How was your day? I got sent out of class. Get sent out of class for? Well, they're talking about a field trip. We're going to go to the Civic Center, see a play, Cinderella. I said, who wants to go see stupid Cinderella? He said, Dad, I thought I just thought it, but evidently it came right out of my mouth. 
son. You know you shouldn't have said that. Okay. I know he was waiting for me to go get discernment, but I didn't. That was our paddle. I said, tomorrow morning I'm going to school with you and you're going to apologize to your teacher. And then you're going to get up in front of the class and you're going to apologize to that class for disrupting it. Yes, sir. And he did that with me standing with him. I didn't make him go up there and stand by himself. Stood there beside him when he told his teacher and I stood there beside him when he told his class. Teacher looked at me and said, he told you that? I said, yes, ma'am. That's the relationship we have. Your father wants you to bring it all and put it down before him. That's the relationship Jesus is calling us to right here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. The gentleness that you exercise toward us. Lord, you'd never take away the consequences of our sins. In the sense, Lord, that you want us to learn from our failures. But that's just you being Father and you disciplining us because you love us. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would have this faithfulness to not only ask you to provide for us, but also to ask you to forgive us. Father, I thank you that we can call you that. Lord, that we don't just look at you as a judge, but as one with the tenderness and the love and the strength of a father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.